How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email, the stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that? All you need to do is text the word SHOW to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word SHOW, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text SHOW to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, it's an open line Friday, 877-973-7425, but don't call yet. I want to talk to you. Um, I, I just, I, I want to, I want to talk to you. I, I've been thinking about this, and I'm literally, just so you know, I'm, I'm shaking up the show. I was going to talk about the, the low-information voter of the play for them, but I just I, I got something else I would rather talk about here at the beginning of the show. Spur of the moment, I am a professional. I can talk off the cuff, no notes, string it all together, and make a point, and I think I've got to. I have mentioned this now a couple of times. And I just need to mention it, it, it in passing, bracket it, to build the point I think needs to be built. And that is that the Biden administration is telegraphing its response to the Iranian proxies in Iraq and Syria and has given them enough lead time to remove their generals, agents, uh, Iranian officials who are coordinating with the proxies and get them out of the way. At the same time, uh, they're clearly peddling a talking point. It's now appearing in Politico, the New York Times, and elsewhere that the Iranians do not control their proxies. And this is Joe Biden's spin to the public, to the low-information voter, that they're not going to deal with Iran. They're going to deal with the proxies. Do you know why the proxies exist? Um. The proxies exist because Iran wants plausible deniability, and and the Biden administration thinks you're all stupid. What Iran does is it builds up, trains, and funds the proxies who share their worldview, and then they step away, and they give general advice, guidance, and oversight, and then they can say, well, it's not us, it's, it's the proxies, we don't control them. Well, The whole reason you built the proxies was so that they would do what you want and know what you want without you having to tell them on a daily basis so that your signal intelligence is not intercepted. The proxies operate on their own with your blessing on your behalf and with your money. It is the Iranians in a hands-off way doing these things. And what the Biden administration has done is it has decided to target just the proxies, but give enough lead time for all of the Iranian personnel to leave. Now, think about this. In Vietnam, what happened in Vietnam? In the beginning, it was the South Vietnamese, and we sent in advisors who guided the South Vietnamese who were what? Our proxies against the communists. Iran's doing the same thing. They have advisors in the area advising the proxies, but they're technically hands-off. And what Joe Biden has done is he's given enough announcement to Iran of where we're going to strike, the type of targets we're going to strike, who we're going to strike, and when we're going to strike, that the Iranians have been able to pack up and leave and get out of Dodge so the facilities we hit will be mostly empty and the people that we should be killing 
will be spared. We've seen this before. And you don't have to go back to Vietnam. All you have to do is go back to the Clinton administration where the same sort of people doing the same sort of thing. The Kobar Towers were bombed in 1996. The USS Cole, let me look up, it was in 2000. This was during the Clinton administration. The Clinton administration lobbed a few missiles, blew up a few buildings, gave adequate notice, killed a few goats. And the Kobar Towers, which came, by the way, after the first World Trade Center bombing, you had the first World Trade Center bombing, and then you had the Kobar Towers, and then you had the USS Cole. And every time the United States engaged in a proportionate response, Here is the review from Wikipedia. Yet I realize it is Wikipedia. President Bill Clinton declared, if, as it now appears, this was an act of terrorism, it was a despicable and cowardly act, and we will find out who was responsible and hold them accountable. On the 19th of January 2001, the U.S. Navy completed and released its investigation of the incident, concluding the Coles commanding officer acted reasonably in adjusting his force protection posture based on his assessment of the situation that presented itself when the coal arrived in Aden in Yemen to refuel. They concluded the commanding officer of the coal did not have the specific intelligence, focus training, appropriate equipment, or on-scene security support to effectively prevent or deter what happened and recommended changes to Navy procedure. In Afghanistan, the bombing was a great victory for bin Laden Al-Qaeda camps filled with new recruits and contributors from the Gulf states arrive with petrodollars. There was no significant response. The Navy began reassessing its anti-terrorism mission. And ultimately in 2002, under the Bush administration, we were able to kill the man identified as the lead suspect in the plot. The World Trade Center bombing of 1993 ultimately led to the Kobar Towers bombing. After the Kobar Towers bombing done by Al-Qaeda, It led to the coal. After the coal, it led to 9-11. Let me, again, this is from the Kobar bombing. It was Al-Qaeda that was attributed the Kobar Tower, but Iran was involved. Within days of the blast, counterterrorism officials on President Clinton's National Security Council concluded that elements within inside Iran, specifically the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, were the perpetrators. They put pressure on the president 
and his national security advisor, Sandy Berger, to take action. They were joined by others inside and outside the administration, notably FBI Director Louis Free and New York columnist Tom Friedman. Before taking action, Clinton insisted on proof that could stand up in both the court of law and the court of public opinion. In the meantime, he ordered a review of military options in case of a decision to punish Iran. By the time Saudi Arabia and the FBI concluded their investigations, Iran had elected a new president, Mohammad Khatami. Khatami surprised the international community by urging dialogue of civilizations within the West in order to overcome almost two decades of animosity. Clinton, who had initially taken a stand toward the Islamic Republic, including imposing major economic sanctions on the country, reversed his thinking in hopes that Khatami potentially represented a game change. The prospect of opening with Iran, which intrigued U.S. allies and domestic critics of the administration, drove Clinton's response to the Kobar Towers. The White House and State Department sent various signals to the Iranians, some of which they reciprocated, but ultimately hopes for significant improvement remained unfulfilled. There really was no significant response to the Kobar Towers, and Iran was complicit in helping al-Qaeda do it. Here we are. Iran is using the Houthi to fire missiles at American warships in the Red Sea. Iran's proxies are firing missiles at and killing American soldiers in the Middle East. And the response of the Biden administration, who has, by the way, been thoroughly infiltrated by Iranian agents, sympathizers, and spies, including at the Department of Defense, and it is well documented, and there has been no press outrage at the number of people who are sympathetic to Iran inside this administration, possible collaborators and possibly compromised. There's no major outrage in the media about this, and the Biden administration's response is to tell Iran how long they've got, where they're attacking, what they're going to attack. This is the Clinton administration all over again, but on steroids. Meanwhile, the FBI is warning about possible terrorists coming across our border. They have caught people from Syria, from Iran, from Iraq, from Jordan, from Afghanistan, from Pakistan, from Uzbekistan, from Tajikistan, from Turkmenistan. They have caught people from all over the Middle East coming across our border. That's the ones they've caught. We know there are plenty of getaways, plenty of gotaways, plenty of people who got away from officials. I bet you there are Iranian proxies here right now. That's, that's not speculation. That's informed by what the FBI director himself is publicly saying, and yet the Biden administration can't even, won't even secure the border. The Biden administration is telling everyone, well, I don't have the power. I can't actually secure our border unless Congress acts, which is garbage. It's nonsense. It's horse manure. Texas is securing the border, and Biden's trying to stop them from securing the border. You want to know a fun fact? Border crossings in Texas have gone down, and they've gone up in Arizona, New Mexico, and California. The, the uh, mass wave of humanity is moving to those states because they can't get across the razor wire in Texas. Turns out the Texas Border Patrol and Texas National Guard have found a way to secure the border without Joe Biden, and he's upset about it. I have a serious question. 
how many Americans are going to get killed because of Joe Biden and his administration? How many Americans are going to be murdered by terrorists because of Joe Biden? That's what happened when Clinton refused an aggressive response of the Kobar Towers and the USS Cole, Al-Qaeda, and Iran together complicitly. And we know Iran was involved in helping uh, people from Al-Qaeda with 9-11. They struck on 9-11, and the World Trade Center collapsed, and they attacked the Pentagon. And thankfully, the passengers took over the plane in Pennsylvania and crashed it before it flew into the Capitol. All Joe Biden is doing is signaling American resolve has gone away. The pattern is Iranian involvement in the Kobar Towers, Iranian involvement in the USS Cole, Iranian involvement in 9-11, Iranian involvement with the Houthi, Iranian involvement with the, uh, with the proxies in Iraq. And the best the media in the United States can do is carry Joe Biden's water and say, well, Iran's not really complicitly involved with them. Or, or, Iran is not really... Uh, it, it, they can't really control them. Yes, they can. They can cut off their funding. They can cut off their training. They can cut off their access to Iranian personnel who undoubtedly have been there helping them, just as we were in South Vietnam in, in the 1960s, just as we have done around the world. Joe Biden is signaling our weakness, and it's going to get Americans killed. Three American soldiers died in Jordan. The effect limp-wristed response of the Biden administration is going to encourage the Iranians more. If you do not punch Iran, and you don't have to even attack domestically Iran, but you have to stop signaling your advance attacks and just blow stuff up, blow them up, kill them all in Iraq, go after them. And Joe Biden won't do that. He's doing what the Clinton administration did, and that led to 9-11, and he's doing what the Kennedy and Johnson administrations did, and that led to all-out war in Vietnam. Joe Biden is going to get a lot of Americans killed because Joe Biden is a strong-talking coward. Joe Biden talks loudly, and he carries a limp stick around. How many Americans are going to die? And you know, the sad, tragic irony here is that it's probably going to be the next administration where the casualties come. And the Democrats will quickly pounce and blame that administration. Remember, many of them blamed George Bush, who was on the job eight months when 9-11 happened. They said, well, it's his fault. Don't You can't blame Bill Clinton. And we know, historically, all the plotting, all the planning was inspired by the Clinton administration's weak responses to al-Qaeda and Iran during his administration, and the planning began well before George Bush became president. If Donald Trump becomes president in 2024 and an attack happens in 2025, you know and I know the entirety of the American media will blame Donald Trump and say it's blood on his hands when really this is the Biden administration's fault. The Biden administration is inspiring it. How many Americans are going to get killed because of the Biden administration and their internally compromised relationship with Iran? Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here. Phone lines open. It is a open line Friday, 877-973-7425. Brian Kemp, governor of Georgia, is headed to the border with Texas. He's joining a contingent of Republican officials at the U.S. border this weekend to back Texas Governor Greg Abbott's standoff with Joe Biden over immigration policies, one of 15 Republican governors. In addition, 
Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida is sending a vast array of Florida National Guard troops to help Texas secure the border. There is data you should know about at the Texas border. Last month, Texas saw three to 4,000 illegal crossings daily in the Del Rio sector. Since the Texas National Guard has put down all the razor wire, the number's down to 200 per day. But illegal immigrants are surging across the border in New Mexico, Arizona, and California. 72% of new border crossings are now happening in Arizona and California. So Texas has basically shown that you can secure the border. And what's happening? Um, they're going elsewhere. It, it's amazing what happens. The, the, the hypothetical had always been that it was impossible to secure the border. Here, Texas laid down a bunch of razor wire and put National Guard troops down there. And now suddenly, a uh, 72% increase in border crossings in California and Arizona in unsecured sectors. That just tells you everything you need to know about this situation. It is possible, and the rhetoric in Washington notwithstanding, it's possible to close down that border in Texas. Think about it. The the White House wants to allow 5,000 a day. Texas has got it down to 200 a day attempting to cross. Now, I want you to get your computer bills down, and you can do that with Vision Computers. If you go to visioncomputers.com or 404Compute, any one of you nationwide can save some money and get great technology support from Vision Computers. They can build you laptops and desktops, PCs, and then they can be your service department. So you don't have to have an in-house or in-home IT guy. Mom, dad, are you the IT guy for your kids? Well, you could let Vision Computers do it. So your kids can call Vision if they have a question about how to use their computer. Vision answers it. My kid does this. We literally do this in my house. And it has just, I don't have to be the IT guy for my kids anymore. Um, Vision does it, and, and God bless them. They do a great job with my 15-year-old helping him figure out his computer. They can do it for your home. They can do it for your office as well. They can build all the computers for your office, and then you can, well, let Vision be your IT department. So if your secretary, your assistant, the guy down the hall from you got a computer problem, they call Vision 15 seconds or less. He gets the answer faster than Google search. They pick up the phone. They answer the phone. 404 Compute, call them, any one of you nationwide, any business nationwide, 404 Compute, Vision Computers can save you money, keep you online, um, 404 Compute or visioncomputers.com. Welcome across the Fruited Plain, it is Eric Erickson here nationwide from Atlanta, Georgia. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you want on the program, it's an open line Friday. By the way, uh, Philip just saved his job by telling me that right now you can order my book on Amazon.com, 35% off. I got the proof text. Hey, it looks sharp. Um, it, it's it's legible, easy to read, good font. We use footnotes instead of endnotes. Uh, you shall be as gods. If you text the word data, D-A-T-A, to 33777, I'll send you links to Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Right now at Amazon, it's 35% off. Order my book, Make Me Look Good. Uh, text DATA, D-A-T-A, to 33777. Or if you're on Amazon.com, search for You Shall Be As Gods uh, by Eric Erickson. You can order it uh, on sale now. And I think the release is like July 1st. We're going through the final proofs right now. It takes a little while to get a book out. I have to switch gears I need to, the, the, the entire show today is just completely shaken up. Everything I was going to talk about, instead I'm talking about something else. That makes it exciting, spur of the moment. I get in here at 12 o'clock and completely shake up the entire thing. And my buddy Josh, he is to blame for this. 
because inevitably he sends me these these incredible links that I miss. He's like he's like supplemental show prep for me occasionally. I'm on this email list that he runs, and and he liked the story the other day. I mentioned about friction and and um the, the hassles that have been incorporated into American life. It, it's it's I'm I'm not very active on the email list, but it becomes a wealth of information. And this story. I'm, uh, I abhor mentioning it because it's from ProPublica, and I hate to give a left-wing side attention, but I'm, I'm just kind of stunned that of all sites, they would run this. Let me begin here. We are in the midst of a constitutional crisis started by the Biden administration about the border. Joe Biden is attempting to sell the American people on a bill of goods that is based on a lie that he, the commander-in-chief of the American military, president of the United States who has sworn to uphold, protect, and defend the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, is incapable and unable of securing the American border unless Congress passes a law that he wants that will allow the continued flow of illegal immigrants to the tune of 5,000 a day into this country. It is noxious horse manure that the president of the United States is trying to sell to the American public an abdication of his responsibility as president of the United States and a betrayal of the compact that the states of this union entered into called the Constitution, where if you believe him, uh, his argument is that the individual sovereign nations that entered into a compact to make a more perfect union together, gave up their ability to defend themselves, and he, the president, is incapable of doing so without some additional appropriation from Congress to give him what he wants. It's a damn lie. And the fact that he would presume the nation of Texas would give up its sovereign rights and enter into union with the United States and then be unable to defend itself is again noxious horse manure. Can you really imagine that you, you, you've had the, the Texas wins its sovereignty from Mexico and looks at an alliance with the United States? Can you imagine the conversation? Hey guys, you know if we do this, we can't protect ourselves from Mexico. We gotta rely on Washington DC a thousand miles away. We don't have wire and communication to get them quickly, so we're going to have to send a horse messenger up to D.C. if Mexico invades and tell them, y'all come bring federal troops because we're no longer allowed to do it because we entered the Constitution. Really, do you really think that Texas would have joined the United States and given up the right to defend its own border? Of course not. It's ignorant to think so. You are a stupid person if you believe that Texas is not able to defend itself. And guess what? Texas has been defending itself. And contrary to the hysteria in the media that Texas is defying the Supreme Court, actually, the Supreme Court did not tell Texas it could not secure its border. And Texas has been laying razor wire and sending troops. And the 5,000-a-day border crossings, the ones that Joe Biden wants to keep, down to about 200 a day. Apparently, Texas is more competent than Washington, D.C., and its wheelchair-bound governor is uh, more with it, capable, able, and has the mental capacity than the dementia-addled old man who walks across the stage aimlessly in Washington, D.C. But it goes beyond that. And again, this gets to the ProPublica story. I I'm abhor giving them attention, but this is necessary, and I need to read this passage to you. Years before Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador was elected as Mexico's leader in 2018, 
U.S. drug enforcement agents uncovered what they believed was substantial evidence that major cocaine traffickers had funneled some $2 million to his first presidential campaign. According to more than a dozen interviews with U.S. and Mexican officials and government documents reviewed by ProPublica, the money was provided to campaign aides in 2006 in return for a promise that a Lopez Obrador administration would facilitate the traffickers' criminal operations. The investigation did not establish whether Lopez Obrador sanctioned or even knew of the traffickers' reported donations. But officials said the inquiry, which was built on the extensive cooperation of a former campaign operative and a key drug informant, did produce evidence that one of Lopez Obrador's closest aides has agreed to the proposed arrangement. The allegation that representatives of Mexico's future president negotiated with notorious criminals has continued to reverberate among U.S. law enforcement and foreign policy officials who have long been skeptical of Lopez Obrador's commitment to take on drug traffickers. The case raised difficult questions about how far the United States should go to confront the official corruption that has been essential to the emergence of Mexican drug traffickers as a global criminal force. While some officials argue that it is not the United States' job to root out endemic corruption in Mexico, others say that efforts to fight organized crime and build the rule of law will be futile unless officials who protect the traffickers are held to account. In their investigation, DEA agents developed what they considered an extraordinary inside source after they arrested the former campaign operative on drug charges in 2010. To avoid federal prison, the operative gave a detailed account of the trafficker's cash donations, which he said he helped deliver. He surreptitiously recorded conversations with Nicholas Molino Bastar, the close Lopez Obrador aide, who the operative said participated in the scheme. Since taking office in December 2018, Lopez Obrador has led a striking retreat in the drug fight. His approach, which he summarized in the campaign slogan, Hugs Not Bullets, has concentrated on social programs to attack the sources of criminality rather than confront the criminals. You want the kicker? Do you want the kicker? Do you want the punchline? The Obama administration knew. The Obama administration knew and chose to do nothing because they didn't want to offend. The Obama administration didn't want to look like it was interfering in a presidential election in Mexico. And so they did nothing when he got elected. So the DEA began documenting this when George Bush was president. It comes to a head when AMLO, that's his nickname, when AMLO is running when Obama is president. And Obama does nothing because he doesn't want to offend. We have the Mexican president in the pocket of the drug cartels. But wait, there's a completely unrelated story that I believe completely is related, and it is a deeply, deeply disturbing thing because AMLO's ties go to the Sinola drug cartel. Now, this is from the Brookings Institute. 
the global footprint of criminal groups from China has expanded along with China's economic and geopolitical presence around the world. North America's fentanyl crisis thrusts China-linked criminal networks and their expanding international connections, such as the Sinaloa cartel, to U.S. policy forefront. However, the scope of organized crime from China extends far beyond global drug trafficking and money laundering. Internationally, Chinese criminal gangs engage in poaching and wildlife trafficking, cybercrime and elaborate fraud and scams, also featuring people trafficking and enslavement, long experience in illegally bringing people to the United States and Canada. Criminal networks from China have intensified activities at the U.S.-Mexico border. So weave all of this stuff together because it is all connected. You have the Mexican president in the pocket of the drug cartels in Mexico who are in the pocket of the Chinese communist mob, which is in the pocket of the president of China. We're in a war in our administration. And by the way, it's the elite of both parties. The Republicans are as absolutely out to lunch on this as the Democrats. We're in a war for our survival as a nation with China and the Mexican drug cartels, with the Mexican president as their operative, and no one's man enough to admit it. What's happening at the southern border is an act of war. Do you know the number one group of people now crossing the border? Chinese men. How many of them are in these Chinese criminal gangs coming across to work with the, the drug cartels of Mexico? A massive wave of Chinese men coming across the border, Vietnamese men as well, but mostly from China. We have the Mexican president refuses to do anything about it. Mexico is in a state of collapse, by the way. Mexico is actually not a sovereign nation. It is a criminal enterprise at this point. There was a story I meant to talk about the other day. It was an, an American couple went to a resort on the um, Baja Peninsula, and they were literally the only people at the resort the entire time. It began to creep them out. There was no one there. Why? Because tourism in the Baja Peninsula has gotten so bad because of all the, the terroristic activity of the drug cartels. I know someone whose cousin was kidnapped and drugged in Mexico and assaulted, and she was thankfully able to escape and make her way to the airport where American embassy personnel were able to help her. Literally, she was kidnapped because allegedly she offended the cartel with the way she looked at one of them, and they called her family and ransomed her, and she was thankfully able to escape. It was a wild, weird story. She was drugged and held captive. Mexico is a criminal enterprise. It's not a sovereign nation, and we should begin to treat it as such. It is, it's run by a man who is in the pocket of the drug cartels, which are in turn in the pocket of the communist Chinese who are pledging to help us with the fentanyl crisis in this country. And you know, and I know, they're not actually going to do it. They make these promises all the time. Our American policy leaders on the left and the right have to wake up to this. And there will be more buy-in from the Republican side than the Democratic side. We share a border with Mexico. It is unsecure because of a dereliction of duty of Democrats working with some Republicans. This ProPublica report should be a massive wake-up call for all of us that we're so focused on China in Asia and we're so focused on Iran in the Middle East and we've probably got Iran and we know we have China on our southern border working with the Mexican president who is in the pocket of the drug cartels, who wish to expand their criminal enterprises into the United States, it's time for Washington to wake up. We're at war whether they know it or not. It's not a war we need to fight necessarily with our military across the border, but it sure as heck is a war where we need the American military 
to secure our southern border and start acting like it instead of the clown show we have in Washington, D.C. right now that wants to offer up a border security deal that would still allow 5,000 people a day to cross the border. Texas has put down razor wire and cut that 5,000 to 200 a day. You would think Washington was capable of doing the same. But it does make you wonder who in Washington, D.C. might also be in the pocket of the drug cartels in China. Because if the Mexican president can be in the pocket of the drug cartels from China, I bet the Americans can as well. Again, from the Brookings Institute. The scope of organized crime from China extends far beyond global drug trafficking and money laundering internationally. Chinese criminal groups engage in poaching and wildlife trafficking, cybercrime, frauds and scams such as people trafficked and enslaved, bringing people into the United States, and also corruption of government officials. And they are collaborating with the same Mexican cartel that paid millions of dollars to the current president of Mexico. It does not take a rocket scientist to see what is going on. Our national security is in jeopardy. What we are dealing with at our southern border is not an immigration crisis. It is and will remain a national security crisis. And people in Washington sure as hell better start paying attention to it before a lot of Americans get killed beyond the fentanyl crisis. Completely destabilizing everything. And meanwhile, you know what our government is most interested in? It's controlling how you spend your money. Swiss America has been sounding the alarm about the secret war on cash. Soaring interest rates, banks teetering on collapse, government involvement in the monetary system. Swiss America wants to help you protect your hard-earned assets. Now, you can go read the report, The Secret War on Cash. Your copy's free. All you got to do is call or text 800-289-2646 and mention my name, Eric Erickson, 800-289-2646. The all-out war on cash includes digital forms of currency. It's spreading. You read The Secret War on Cash. All you do, mention my name, Eric Erickson. Call or text 800-289-2646. That's 800-289-2646. You can also go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric, SwissAmerica.com slash E-R-I-C-K, or call 800-289-2646. Message and data rates may apply. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan Nationwide. If you're buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, expanding your business, you need $250,000 or more. First Liberty Building and Loan, those are the deals they specialize in. Reach out to them, firstlibertyga.com, firstlibertyga.com. The Frost family has been helping businesses around the nation grow since the 90s, and they're going to be around a lot longer so you don't have fly-by-night relationships. You have a long-time relationship with a company that gets business and wants to get your business. FirstLibertyGA.com. Uh, so my buddy who sent me the ProPublica story works for the premier uh, state-level think tank in the United States of America. They they put more points on the board than probably most other think tanks combined. And he says that uh, they've been talking to Texas state troopers who have been intercepting Chinese males traveling in large groups by the dozens. If you want one story to pay attention to in America that is not getting any national press coverage at all, it is the Texas State Patrol telling anyone who will listen that they are intercepting a massive number of Chinese men traveling in groups across the southern border. It's a true story. The Texas State Patrol has the documents to show it. They have the information. They have the captures. And they also have lots of evidence about the gotaways. 
a massive number of Chinese men are traveling in groups across the southern border, sometimes with people from other nations, but mostly alone, coming into this country, trying to get here illegally. It should be a massive red flag with the revelation from ProPublica that the Mexican president is in the pocket of the Sinola drug cartel and the revelation from the Brookings Institute that that cartel is in the pocket of the communist Chinese state. There's a war at our southern border, the Chinese and the Mexicans collaborating together against the American interests, and a massive number of single Chinese men are coming across our southern border, and no policymaker on either side of the aisle in Washington, D.C. is paying attention to it. This is a huge story, and I'm the only person apparently talking about it. It's a big red flag. It is real. It is documented. It is studied by the authorities in Texas, and they are sounding massive alarms on deaf ears in Washington, D.C. We are being invaded on our southern border. It is a dereliction of duty by everybody in Washington. No, you can't just blame Joe Biden for this. Republicans as well in Washington, D.C. are not paying significant attention to this. I mean, the, the, the Texas state troopers are talking about the massive number of Chinese uh, illegal immigrant men they're encountering now, traveling in groups. Nobody wants to talk about it in Washington. They, they, they want to say we should allow 5,000 people a day. Secure the damn border, people. Secure it. Texas has shown it can be done. They've gotten the crossings down to 200 a day, and they're catching most of those trying to cross the razor wire. So where are people going now? California and Arizona and New Mexico, because Texas is doing what it needs to do. This is not an immigration issue. This is a national security issue. We are being invaded. 